save it no longer. I'm getting the Craigs in here. We'll, we'll do this before the intro. I'm okay. Nathan. He's Aaron. The other guy's Dylan. You can tell Dylan apart from me and Aaron by the accent. You can tell Aaron apart from me and Dylan by the anger. <laughs> That's what I was going to say, by the anger. <laughs> Uh yeah, so we're we're jumping on literally minutes after uh, the Warriors have tied up the series. Talk to me, Aaron. How are we feeling? You know, they say the best basketball takes are immediately after something happens. That's when you see it the most clearly. Is when the recency bias is the most prevalent thing. <laughs> Dylan, I want to apologize to you first of all. Although you, I think you were wrong about Sabonis's effectiveness overall. He is a fucking turnstile today. He couldn't stop anything. He couldn't defend the rim, and they destroyed us. They shot 50-40-90 through this game. I also propose launching Harrison Barnes out of a cannon into the Sacramento River. <laughs> Over the season, I was worried about whether he'd be able to re-sign him or um, what the future looked like for him. I think he's going to be playing in China next year, and you can get what he does from anybody. And there yeah. are 45 small forwards in this league that could play okay defense and miss threes. Darren Fox is awesome. I will say, Keegan Murray was really good. I really liked mm. that. The fact that he kind of woke up. He was, they basically yanked him after he missed his first few shots in the last three games. This game, 33 minutes, 23.7 boards, 5 of 7 from deep. And he was he was out there putting jab steps on Clay Thompson, kind of getting his own thing. That was really nice to see. It hurts. I think the biggest kept secret in basketball circles and something I just refused to mention in case I was going to jinx it is that Kevin Herter's really bad in the playoffs and he was for Atlanta and he is again now. I think you're seeing, I think he has a little more shot creation than, than just the normal spot up shooter, but I think he took a lot of open threes in the regular season and those aren't as open anymore and it just isn't falling. I think him and Barnes are shooting about 19% from deep this series. I think that's all I'll say for now. Steph Curry's awesome. It's unbelievable. I think we should. I think Dylan was, was right in terms of uh, when we did our, our rankings and had Steph at two. It's just like, what if there is a player that was unguardable? I mean, by proxy of injury, he is at two right now. Yeah, that's true. That is true. I will push back a bit on your Harrison Barnes. Prince takes. He had <laughs> some great energy at different points in this game. This was this was not the Harrison Barnes game, but he's been big for them. He set the tone early in game one. I don't think you have the 2-0 lead if Harrison Barnes is some other guy that doesn't have a personal vendetta against the Warriors. But we might we might come back around and win that game. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I know he's he has been uh he's had the right energy, but we head back to game five. You almost say a uh, playoff series don't start until the home team loses, and that's yet to happen. Alex Lynn's pretty good. She's good. <laughs> he's I mean, he's he played eleven minutes, he was two or three, six points and five boards, plus eleven. Yeah, his his size is huge. I think you're looking at something that's like, whoa. No pun intended. <laughs> what, what if you what if you play defense and also score points and not just try to score points? The Sabonis has been, it's, it, I think at this point, it's not like when we get the good Sabonis game, this is how good he's going to be against the Warriors. They just blank him every time. They're being very physical on him. They're swarming him. Actually, they gave him a lot of like wide open free throw jumpers and they're like, oh, cool. He wants to take like a yeah. standing practice shot. We'll, we'll live with that. He's not Ben Simmons. He's not sure. Clay Thompson either. Sure. That was interesting. Heading into the fourth quarter, they did their like little interview with Kerr. And like, how do you balance Curry's minutes going into this? And he's like, I'm just going to play him the entire rest of the game. Like, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about balancing his minutes. How do you balance the three minutes that he's not on the floor? <laughs> what do you do? What, what place do you draw? You just cross your fingers and hope. I was going to say, the Warriors really kind of stuck to six-man rotation. Like, Dante got 16 minutes, but Kaminga, looking at box scores, got three minutes. I don't remember seeing him in the game. I know Peyton got a little bit of run in that third quarter. Uh, Moody got his brief, brief s- stretch, but they've kind of said, hey, if we're going to go down, we're, these are our guys, and we're going to we're gonna play a six-man rotation. Poor Kings is trying to beat the defending champs who are playing six guys. That's <laughs> it. They're just playing their six best players. They're just, they're, they they cut out all the weaknesses. I was going to say Clay Thompson got going a bit. I had a good analogy for Thompson. You know in horror movies when like the main character is hiding from like Michael Myers or something and they're waiting and it pauses and they're like, does Michael Myers see? Does he see her under the bed? Like, Is he going to get her? When Thompson starts to get hot, you're like, does he notice? Like, is he gonna start this sort of running place for him? And then he pulls up from 35, and you're like, God fucking damn it, he does notice. He <laughs> does notice that he's getting going, and Myers grabs her under the bed and, and kills off a side character. And you're like, 
damn, I've just, I, I hoped like he, he would make two shots in a row and not go for the third, but he always goes for the third. Well, I'm extremely happy. I'll play whoever comes out of the series. I really wish we could get Warriors-Lakers without me being in so much pain. <laughs> Please, go on. Go on. I, I can't I can't stomach it any longer. Can we talk about how bizarre the ending was in just like terms of execution? Like, this is a really ugly clutch moments. Steph Curry forgetting how many timeouts he had. Steve Kerr burning, burning his last timeout with like two minutes left on a challenging a perfectly good moving screen call. And then Malik Monk just like shooting with any time he touched the ball down the fourth without trying to find a good shot. It was a crazy, crazy, crazy game. Like it probably shouldn't have been as close as it was the way that the Warriors played, but they Fox made some made some shots and um the Warriors decided to just, I don't know, let them hang around for some reason. Yeah, that final three minute segment there, there was the the Davion Mitchell little bad pass that was leading to a Warriors fast break when it's nineteen or one nineteen to one twenty four, and I was like, ah, this is gonna it's gonna seal it and then they give the ball right back and it, it ends up being you know, a Davion Mitchell pretty much wide open layup because he never got back on defense after falling into the crowd. <laughs> there was definitely some things in there. And I really, I want to give the Kings credit because I kind of thought the Kings were going to be a cute story in the playoffs and that, you know, okay, cool. They got the first one at home. The Warriors had a shot to win it. That just didn't go in. All right. Second game, pretty close, but you know, green suspended. I kind of, I kind of just expected the Warriors to figure it out, and I was, I was half prepared to, to come up with the take when the King, if the Kings won Game Three, that we're going to see the first time a team's going to come back from 3-0. I was ready for that, but even when backed into a corner, Nate will find a way to hate on the Kings. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing it all my life. They're up 3-0. <laughs> well, but, but I want to give the Kings their flowers because. They have had so many opportunities to curl up and die, and they continue to find a way to get back in these games. And like this game is the inverse of game one. The Kings had a shot to win it, and they just missed it. I don't think you can ask for anything more from a team really on their first playoff run ever, this group of guys. I mean, Harrison Barnes has played in the playoffs before, but I guess Sabonis has. But like, I mean, this is a lot of first-time playoff appearances, and they are not playing the fluff team. They're not getting... You know, the Atlanta Hawks, they're getting the freaking defending champions. This is... What's with the shot at the Hawks? I'm not even in the Western Conference. Just... <laughs> Man. Well, you Screw know... The, those guys. <laughs> the, West, the, the West is just really fluky this year. Because I was like, you know, they could play the Lakers, but the Lakers have actually been solid and their problems were kind of... Revol- you know, it, there wasn't a great Western Conference team for me to pick for them. The West. There we go. The Pelicans. Yeah. If the Pelicans had... <laughs> had figured out how to get to the sixth seed, which is in play at, a, at one point. Oh, have gotten even, that. And then it would have been like, yeah, we got to the second round, we play the Pelicans now. It's like, it's real. And I think it's an interesting mix of the third quarter Warriors and then the fourth quarter Kings, which is insane that we actually are able to, because we were down pretty considerably in the third quarter at one point. Yeah. And you're like, this is over. Because every other team just is like, all right, okay, like we did whatever. Like we're not getting back into this. But every time it felt like the next Warriors 3 was coming, you're able to crawl back into it. Um, yeah, statistically, the Warriors were basically perfect. I know there's things I'm probably missing other than that. Um, I'm happy to be in it. Um, I don't feel alive that we lost it. Well, should we move on then and uh, check in with Dylan? How are you feeling about uh, your Clippers and Microball? <laughs> Man, um, it's kind of um, such a tragic and Clippers-like story that you end up with this impossible matchup in the first round, and then you steal game one on on the road. Kawhi Leonard's looking like the best player on the floor, even up against Booker and and Kevin Durant. And then, you know, it just inevitably falls. But Russell Westbrook does a complete 180. He goes from being the worst player in the NBA to like just defender and hustle play guy that doesn't take too many dumb shots. The revenge tour for Westbrook. He's an incredible. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, Aaron had to make an apology video because he said that Westbrook was going to be done. (laughs) And I agreed with that take. I was like, Westbrook's done. I think I think any rational person was like, "Yeah, this is clearly the end of something." Like, there's no way. This Absolutely, goes out, he he showed none of this. He hasn't played like this in years, and then he just comes out and is exactly exactly what the Clippers need in Game One, and you know, and then it just all falls apart as always. I'm getting comments that are telling telling me that the Clippers should um, build around Russell Westbrook. Should <laughs> they should go all in and be like, "Man, screw this," and give Russ one more chance as the number and a guy. Trade Kawhi. It's Russell Westbrook's team now. Westbrook's team. Give him one more shot. I think. 
I, I said he wasn't an all-star caliber player, and some guy had commented on my, that apology video saying Russ on the Rockets would be an all-star, and I'm like, that's kind of the kind of he's like yeah maybe i think him being the best player on a 25 win team is more than i thought he'd be able to do at this point so i'm still wrong in that sense but it's not not that good he's doing rust ball he is if he is the one guy on a team and you've got the ball in his hands at all times he can do that really well i mean he can do it moderately well he wasn't he wasn't able to do it at all like when you know lebron was off the floor like he's he's had really none of that effectiveness you know he tries to do it he's willing to do it but he hasn't been you know effective in doing it for years but like he's even more than that now like sure there was always that chance that you know like Aaron said you just give him the ball and he'll run everything and you'll be a you know a really nice 10 seed but like he actually did find a way to contribute to a playoff team as like a third option or as a second option um by like making hustle plays and defending which he hasn't done since you know college him coming over on the weak side really bothers durant like he has he he knows what to do absolutely like kevin durant absolutely fucking hates playing against this guy like he must i was watching game three and game three is where they end with that really weird lineup of highland man gordon powell and westbrook like your tallest guy is six foot four and I just was kind of wondering, what happened to all of their wings? Dylan, can you tell me why Marcus Morris went from not playing to then starting? Why Batum went from starting to six minutes? Why Robert Covington is like semi out of the rotation entirely? Like what happened? They have like a big defensive wing core that you should be able to rotate around and have them match up decently against Durant. Why are those guys like half in and half out of the lineup? Yeah, it, it is a really weird story because coming into the season, the big strength of the Clippers, and actually in previous seasons too, was like the ability to go five out switchable to play like the likes of Covington, Batum, Morris, Kawhi, Paul George, like just have all the size and switchability and, you know, defense and shot making. And I mean, it has to just come down to Marcus Morris has been absolutely terrible. He um, is having a career worst year after having a really nice year previously. Nick Batum... I don't know if it's just like a maybe like a, a endurance thing for him, but he never seems to play big minutes, even when he's really playing well and um, you know having a really positive impact. And I don't I don't know what Robert Covington did to Ty Lue, but he just refuses to play that man. And it may just come down to Lue is just trying to get offense out there when you've got your two best offensive players. You need to find a way to score, and you know putting your five best creators out there is one way to to go about it. Just for some numbers, Westbrook's averaging 26.7 and a half boards and 3.7 assists on 46, 40, 88 splits. He's the best scorer in the world. I have a question for you guys. What what year was the last year Russell Westbrook averaged over 26 points per game in the playoff series? Nate is muted. He's talking to himself. I said it's got to be his uh, MVP year. And if not that, it's got to be his first year with Paul George, right? It was 2018. 2018. 2018 first round they lost in six to utah he averaged 29 12 and 7 we see who was on that team with him that's the first paul paul george year yeah i, I remember that the big three westbrook paul george and carmelo anthony who could have seen that going poorly still can't believe that no one signed carmelo this year i know you guys are gonna hate on him but like <laughs> it just come feels like someone would want video saying that he shouldn't be in the league anymore well he's not in the league anymore i just want him and to be he, he he could but it's do you, do you think he could give you more than Trey Lyles? No. Lyles kind of good on defense. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Trey Lyles is pretty good on defense. And it's, you know, you can get guys who can shoot threes. Do you also want that guy to be 39? Not yeah. really. Have you watched Cleveland play? I think he could give you as much as some of their wings. He's been given them. I could see the Karis replacement. Dylan, this is a big playoff series given that you're down, the Clippers are down 3 1. It's not looking good. The only players not under contract heading to next year for the Clippers are the is Mason Plumlee and Westbrook. Do you think it's just a run it back year, or do you think there's some major changes coming up? Because blaming out in the first round after all this load management really stings. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really an impossible decision if you're Balmer and Lawrence Frank, right? Because on one hand, you're out in the first round. You, you know, you've been doing this exact same thing for years and never having it succeed. Um, like how many times you just keep doing the same thing and trying to improve around the margins with this team that fails in, in the same way every year. But on the other hand, like I said, like 
Kawhi was looking like, you know, maybe the best player in the world. And so you can sell yourself, you know, like if he just was healthy, we'd still be there. And if Paul George was healthy, we'd be there. But like, when are they ever? And like, how can you even pivot? Like, what's what's the other option? Trade Paul George or trade Kawhi? <laughs> Rebuild around Russ? Really <laughs> like, there's, there's, <laughs> there's not really a pivot. Like, Bulmer is deep into this. It's a, it's a big... It's it's a big payroll. You've got a lot of talented players. Ty Lu hasn't been terrible, so you can't do the the cop out thing of when you fail a lot and you just move on from the coach. All you can really do is unenthusiastically run it back and just hope that Kawhi's healthy and Paul George is healthy, and I guess just like keep doing that until they retire. I agree. I think I agree with that that sentiment in terms of Kawhi looked awesome in Game One. You take that and be like, all right, try again. Because you really can't yeah. pivot to be a championship contender. And that's the final goal is to be that championship team. The, the team under contract next year, I think, still is a championship contending team. They just have to hope that uh, that injuries break in the right way. Yeah. And I mean, if you say, you know, what is the probability that Kawhi and Paul George can stay healthy through four rounds of playoffs? It, you know, maybe it's like two and a half percent. Well, that's like two and a half percent chance of contending for a championship, which is a lot higher than a lot of teams are able to pull off. So when you look at the alternatives, which are rebuild with zero draft picks and you've got a new arena and you're going to start going into a rebuild, I'll, I'll take that 2.5% chance of contending. Nate, any takes on your, your rival in the same stadium? I mean, one of these days you got to have some good luck, right? <laughs> you underestimate the Clippers franchise. You've been saying that since the 70s. <laughs> right, the Buffalo, the Buffalo Braves will break through. Bill Walton will get healthy for the San Diego Clippers. Bound to happen, right? Danny Manning's gonna be really good. <laughs> Michael Lacandy will save this franchise. What? You're not a fan of the old Elton Brand, Corey Maggette, Lamar Odom era? It had its moments. It had its moments. It feels like that one should have worked out. You guys know Corey Maggette's amazing nickname, of course. Or okay, just check. Yeah. I don't. I, I don't really want to say it because my grandma listens to this. <laughs> uh, I I feel bad for the Clippers because there were there was kind of a little bit of potential of this being the NBA Finals in the first round. Like I don't want to get too hyperbolic because we all kind of knew Paul George wasn't going to play, but there were a lot of people that picked the Clippers to win the West this year before the season started, and then when the Suns got Durant, and it looked like we were going to have this you know clash of the Titans in the first round. I do just, I feel gypped. I feel like, man, we had something that could have been awesome. And at this point, down 3-1, I don't see the Clippers making a comeback. I mean, be shocked if they get game five. It's just as really disappointing. Can I talk about how the Suns don't look great either? Yeah. Sure. That's that's another takeaway from this, right? Yeah. They need every minute of their four NBA players to to scrape this out, and, and I think that's a really it's a it's a tough look in the terms of when the when their opponent gets better and you still beat them, and also when you do this for this entire time in Game Four, Kevin Durant played forty five minutes. He he's been hurt twice this year. He played forty five minutes. Booker forty one. Chris Paul thirty eight. Eden thirty six. And then it's this amalgamation of Tory Craig twenty five minutes. Josh Kogi twenty five. Biombo twelve. Damien Leaf, uh, 14. Landry Shamit comes in to miss his shot just for fun, <laughs> five minutes. <laughs> and they needed that. They needed that. Yep. They won by 12. And, and it's not just Man. that. Game game three, Devin Booker played 45 minutes as well. And so 45. it's like... Holy it's shit. Like, you've, are we supposed to take them serious as a championship contender when they need 45 minutes from one of their two best players in order to beat Norm Powell and Russell Westbrook? That's it's damning. I'm going to zag. I don't care. <laughs> I care here deeply. I mean, you, you care from the perspective that like these guys are going to go, you know, five or six games of playing forty plus minutes a game. Where does that leave you by the time you're, if you're lucky, in a conference finals? Like just the toll that they're putting on Durant, who's had injuries this year, and and on Devin Booker. Um, you know, where does that leave you as you get deeper into the playoffs? Like, can you can you just play, you know, twenty five games of forty minutes a game? I don't think they will. So it's weird. We've never seen a team like this that is really coming together in the playoffs. There's, this team is just out-talenting their opponents. They don't have a lot of team cohesion and chemistry because they just came together for this run. So I think with the playoffs giving you some off days and having some downtime in between, I think as the playoffs progress, 
where we usually see teams like constrict their roster, the Suns might actually be able to expand it a little bit because they'll start to get a little bit more used to having some other guys. I think Damon Lee might be able to get back into the rotation. His three-point shooting was really valuable for them throughout a lot of the regular season. It's kind of a weird series for Josh Okogie because he should be. Like he he's a guard defender. He should be out there more than Torrey Craig, especially now that Kawhi is out. Um, but I, I think when he starts getting more minutes and starts running with the starters in practice or through warm-ups or however they're getting some work in between games, I think they'll be able to expand their roster and work some of these guys back in a bit more. I just don't think any of those players are very good. Uh, even if it was like prime Damian Lee or prime Josh Akogi, <laughs> I don't know. I don't yeah. know how much prime Bismack Biombo, 2016 <laughs> Eastern Conference semis Bismack Biombo. Like I don't, I don't know what how much this changes. They don't need to be prime though. They just need to be functional. They need to be able to be the fourth and fifth guys when you keep two or three of the other starters out there. I like the Zach. I respect the Zach. Playing basketball with Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Chris Paul is not a difficult task. Like, all role players should dream of being that lucky to be out there with those guys. Yeah, I mean, career game from Tory Craig just by, like, being the guy that didn't get guarded whatsoever. Yeah. Might as well touch on the other Western Conference series while we're here. Any interesting takes or insights from Denver, Minnesota? I know they're about to play game four, probably before we have this edited and up, but... Is there is there anything interesting whatsoever in that series? Anthony Edwards is really good. He's really good. I figure we had him exactly in our top thirty, like seventeen ish, eighteen ish. But I think he, I think that was a, a correct prediction. He had a tough game one, if I remember correctly, but in the last game, despite the loss, he was ten to twenty two, thirty six points, five assists, seven boards, and there was just turnaround jumpers that were crazy. He would get these ridiculous blocks and then take it down the court, take it to the rim, and lay it in. Plays that he would string together that just make you go like, oh my god, like this this guy's the best player on the floor right now. I just don't think the Wolves are very good. It's too bad. Really this fun. is going to sound incredibly insane. This is my second zag and crazier than the first. But I actually think they're starting to figure out the Gobert-Towns combination. They better fucking hurry up. <laughs> they have one more game. <laughs> <laughs> one more game to get this going. Well, I, I, they're not going to figure it out in time to beat Denver. I mean, that's that's gone. And the Towns or the Gobert trade will always look horrible. I mean, just right now, if you could have Towns or Kessler Walker, you'd probably take Kessler Walker. Walker Kessler. Who knows what the guy's name even is? Walker, Texas Ranger. But game two, that third quarter, they blew the doors off of Denver. And they were doing it with Gobert as like the primary defender. Um, they were doing a lot of high-low actions with Cat and Gobert. And it, it gave me hope for next season. And it made me remember why I was super high on them coming into this year is Gobert protects Towns defensively. And Towns actually is like an off-ball defender kind of roamer guy with very limited responsibilities. He's got long arms and he's pretty quick. Like he can actually be functionally good defensively in in that role and it, Edwards has taken a leap as a shooter he's gotten better I don't know if the numbers show that but when you watch him play he's a lot more comfortable pulling up and shooting it doesn't need to be catch and shoot threes I think this core is going to be fine next year and I think get get my early 2023-2024 betting odds out I'm going to bet the over on Minnesota because I think this year tanked their value and Vegas is going to you know predict them to win i don't know 40 games next year 42 what they got this year um and, and i still think that there is a 50 win team in this this group he is shooting 40 percent for three games hmm. yeah i mean there is benefit from just being big against most teams defensively um we've, we've seen it with the likes of cleveland mm. you know having a bigger guy on the floor as your help defender and to help rebound the reason that most teams can't do it is because then it ruins your offense and that has sort of been the case for the Timberwolves when coming into the season the theory was that Cat is such a good offensive player that it doesn't really matter and like you said Nate they are starting to work out some Towns Gobert you know stuff um you kind of wish that they had just like a you know a normal kind of 3 and D small forward like someone that can both shoot and defend and can play small forward that would be really nice you know like Jaden McDaniels yeah like Jaden McDaniels like but the, the trouble is that they've given away every single asset they have. Like, how good would this team be if they had, like, you know, freaking Paul George, for example? 
But, oh, so you you want like you're not talking like a three and D. You're talking like I, I, I'm ta- I'm taking it to the extreme. I was saying like if they had a Paul George and now Anthony Edwards doesn't have to be the small forward and doesn't have to be the and you you get some more offense out there. But yeah, like even just a, a normal small forward, Kyle Anderson gives you like no shooting and is pretty slow, but is is a good defender. Yeah. I don't particularly like, like the Kyle Anderson like minutes. If, I mean, if Tory Craig didn't, sorry, if um, Tory and Prince didn't suck, that would be really awesome. What do you mean Kyle Anderson can't shoot? Have you seen him in the corner? That form. Yeah, but he makes a, yeah, makes a really reasonable percentage on, on his one attempt per game. And it looks like he's it looks like he's shooting a medicine ball. Yeah. He gets it up there. <laughs> right, I'm so just saying. To, go ahead, Nate. I'm just saying. I, I think that with the Towns injury, him only playing 29 regular season games, the Mike Conley addition has been big. I think they're going to be a vastly improved team next year, even without major changes. I'd hope so. I'd hope so, given such. I mean, this is a disaster season. This is an F minus. It's horrible. There's really yeah. no way around that. It was bad, and they got swept. Guys, yeah. we have to talk about it. Is there one more Eastern or Western Conference? There's the Lakers about? and Grizzlies. That's important. That that's, I should skip that one over before I do my Cavs weren't that good semi-victory parade even though i didn't stick to that take so lakers grizzlies lakers are up 2-1 that uh game two was some of the most lackadaisical effort i've ever seen the lakers play with and then dylan books poked the bear which i i stand behind that i think that's a good move i think you want to poke the bear did it work no lebron is in a different stratosphere and didn't allow himself to be poked but i think that's what you what your pest to do i think you want to try to get him in the other guy's head a little bit it's like a galaxy sized bear it's like um uh what's the you know the guy who wrote the cthulhu books or invented those or yeah yeah help me out let me help me lay the plate on this um, of this ridiculous lo- lovecraftian bear yeah like it's like yeah. a lovecraftian <laughs> entity that if you like look at it you go insane because your brain can't comprehend the structure and the size of what you're looking at um it's like that sized bear um, causes insanity it's, it's not that's a normal like black bear crafty and bear thank you don that game three ass whooping was one of those where you're watching it and you're it makes you question everything that you've ever known about basketball you're like were the grizzlies ever good like is this are any of these guys nba players like did i get this wrong like is drama okay Michael Jordan ever play basketball or was he a baseball player the whole time? Like, I, I can't, I can't get anything, any of this down. Um, I will say leaving it, I kind of, I don't love the Grizzlies chances, but John Morant seems okay. Doesn't seem like he's all too bothered. He had 45. Um, and, and I think that if anything, maybe they snag game four, but um, down to one heading Los Angeles still. It's for Memphis. And there, Snagging game four would there. be huge. Maybe it means they would reset the series, but. They didn't. They still look dead. It was an ass kicking, but it wasn't like, all right, this is over. Like, clearly, not a, not a. I think there's a little bit more into this series that it's going to go a little bit further um, with just how awesome Jabarant is. It's weird because it was the largest first quarter lead in NBA history. Like that is the the biggest lead we've ever seen. And Memphis stuck around and like it was a twenty point game for most of the game, but then they brought it within ten. I think at one point they got was even within five they they brought it back closer than they ever should have given the enormity of that initial lead they have a lot of pesky guys and i wouldn't hate it if they tried to start tyus jones and john Morant and just have more ball handling and more playmaking in that starting lineup yeah tyus jones was really nice in the previous game and then they you know go out and play him what did he play like 20 minutes in that last game i don't know but he's he's securely stolen the best backup point guard title from Monte Morris. Yeah, he he played sixteen minutes in that in that last game after being absolutely incredible for them in the previous game. He's still under contract for next season. This man deserves to get paid somewhere. Yeah, what one of the best value contracts in the league. Nate, the Lakers look good, man. They look good. Anthony Anthony Davis has. I know you've been very pessimistic these playoffs, <laughs> uncharacteristically. <laughs> Davis last game was just unbelievable. You know, immediately he gets the ball, just the way he attacks. You're like, okay, it's this Anthony Davis. Let's see what we're doing. But I kind of feel like the difference, sometimes you need a little uh, a role player to really step up. Rihachimura, I don't know what he was doing in Washington. I don't know anything. Not I don't know this. Anything what's going on in Washington. I don't know if Washington knows what's going on in Washington. Um, in the three games, he's averaging close to 22 points. He's shooting 60, 67% from the, uh, from the field and 75% from deep. So sustainable numbers. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
<laughs> but that's, I mean, to win a playoff series, you have one guy who usually doesn't shoot threes. He was 29%, maybe close to 30% in the regular season with the Lakers. Now he's Kyle Korver, and you're unstoppable. It's just one extra piece to cover. The Memphis doesn't have the bodies to do so. Yeah, he's really saving us because D'Angelo Russell has looked terrible for most of these games. He kind of had a few good moments in game three, but yeah, you, you'd expect more from him. You'd expect more from Schroeder, and you'd expect a whole hell of a lot less from Rui. So I'll, I'll take it. I think we're going to close out. I think we're going to win this series probably in six, but... I know D'Angelo Russell's been bad because I've been rooting for him to touch the ball. <laughs> like, yeah, give the ball to D'Lo. Let's see what D'Lo's cooking up. And it's a step back three that hits the backboard. Like, all right, loving it. Are there any Western Conference teams that you feel really good about as like a championship contender based on these series? Like, is there anyone that's actually filled you with hope? I feel like every single team is just just been disappointing and unimpressive i like the lakers i mean nate apparently nate likes the wolves i don't know what that's about but <laughs> they're, they're finally figuring it out <laughs> they're pulling it together the last it took them eight season. it took them eight you know it's gonna take them 86 games but that's all it will take well and all of next year but you know i like them for next year i think they'll be better next year i've seen some promising things uh to answer your question I don't know that any of them are really that impressing me, but I think as we transition to talking about the East, I don't know that I feel that any of the Eastern Conference teams are really blowing me away. Like Philadelphia completed their sweep. Eh, eh. Um, Ad- Atlanta got a game off the Celtics and you know, Trey Young and DeJounte Murray were torching in their wing defenders and Atlanta couldn't do much. And then Milwaukee without uh, Giannis is really weak, really vulnerable, and there is no timetable for his return. No timetable for his absence. He's questionable. He's day-to-day every day, but I I would not rule anyone in the West out from winning the championship. Like, I know that sounds it's weird to say. Timberwolves. Well, yes. Well, the Timberwolves the teams that are... <laughs> Just say it. They're not going to win the championship. It's okay. In, any, any, to... <laughs> any of the second-round teams. Any of the yeah. second-round teams. I think there are five teams in the West that if you told me, hey, Nate, in two months, this team is going to win. I'd be like, ah, I didn't see that coming, but I believe it. Like the way the Kings have played, the way the Kings have played, it's not outside of the realm of possibility that they win the title this year. And that is crazy. I'm going to record that and just play it on loop as I that. <laughs> we are recording this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to do that to anything. That's what, the, that's what the Craigs are here for. You know what, Dylan, to answer your question, I'm going to say this. It's a hot take unbelievably scorching the nuggets are the one seed and they're up 3-0 on the team they're playing i like the nuggets i think the nuggets are really good i think they can score in a variety of ways i think they're the least talked about one seed in nba history because they had it locked up and everyone was just so enamored with the star talent and the star power below them that they forgot the nuggets are really good but they've been they haven't just been beating the grizzlies they've been demolishing them Although I will say I watched the third quarter of the last game and I was like, oh man, but um, handled it. They handled it afterwards. Fine. Come on. Someone tell me the Nuggets are good. You guys know the Nuggets are good. <laughs> yeah, the Nuggets are great. They're great. They're, uh, they're the, the best, their best team in the West. They finally figured out that they shouldn't play DeAndre Jordan any. He's gotten six minutes this whole series. I love to see that. I do worry about how they're going to look against a actual tough opponent. What happened to the what happened to the wolf? I thought they were good. Which what, what are they? Are they good or are they're they bad? They're showing promise. The wolves are bad. It's like you say what they're they're promise. Up, they're up three nothing, but like you know, as a nine point one over the shitty Timberwolves, like supposed to make me think that you're a, the championship favorite. They're winning by an average of sixteen points. They won game one by a lot, and then haven't the rest been like single digits? Yeah, nine points both games two and three, but still. Yes. That is as close that's, to that's the highest. <laughs> Technically <laughs> correct. <laughs> oh my god! You act like it's a it's like a two point win. Yes, yeah, single digit win. <laughs> Let's transition to the East, but I do. I've not ruled out any of the West. I'm not looking at the potential 76ers Celtics series as the NBA championship, even though it very well could be. I'm not there yet. I'm not putting that take out into the world. Guys, we gotta acknowledge it. We gotta look at it. Face to face, the Cavs aren't that good. No, they tricked us. I want to go back on a at one episode where I suggested the Knicks could push the Cavs, and I was hard and feathered in audio form. Um, I specifically want to go back to the point where I said I'd rather like you said Donovan Mitchell 
over Jalen Brunson clearly. You would take you would take Donovan Mitchell. I would still have done that heading to the series. I'm not saying that I wouldn't have done that, but we were all wrong about that in terms of that matchup. Brunson's been better than Donovan Mitchell, and they're up three to one. Do you know why the Knicks are winning this series? It's not Jalen Brunson. It's not Julius Randle. It's definitely not Julius Randle. I know that. The fucking <laughs> Mitchell <tell> Robinson? <laughs> Josh motherfucking Hart. Oh, he did have some excellent hair. Josh got two huge rebounds to close out this fourth quarter. Or like both on the offensive side. It, uh, what? He hit a basket. He got this rebound tipped out to Brunson for like Brunson's only three-point make. Brunson is shooting 15% from three. No, 12% from three this playoffs. Secretly, the Knicks stars have been really bad. This has been a, a disgusting season. Like the scores that these teams are putting up, like the, their point totals are abysmal. Was it seventy-seven points the last game with Cleveland? It's, it's, it was the lowest points from any game regular season or playoffs this entire year. I remember checking the score and being like, "Oh, the Knicks are going to win," and then it just said final. And I was like, "Oh my god!" I thought it was like end of the <laughs> second. It was like halftime. <laughs> it's happening for a team. The Cavs fooled us. Because you look at them and you're like, Twin Towers, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, they're going to bully the Knicks bigs inside. But you realize it's just Evan Mobley and just Jared Allen versus Randall, Mitchell Robinson, Josh Hart, Obi Toppin, Hardenstein. They can't keep them off the glass. They're out-rebounded 33-47. to 47. The Cavs got, excuse me, the Knicks got 17 offensive rebounds. Hell them. They beat the Cavs at what we thought the Cavs were good at. They fooled us. Yeah, I mean, it's just such a bizarre series because it doesn't even like make sense. It's like, how are these teams, how is this team being out rebounded? Why can Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland not get you to 80 fucking points? <laughs> are these just like regular season guys? Donovan Mitchell has had really good, good playoff seasons. Like, why, why can incredible. Donovan Mitchell not, not get you to, not get you to 100 points? It's insane. Yeah, 90. I mean, the Knicks are really good at defense. They, they're playing like Ricky Rubio off of injury and like they had to dust off Danny Green. So like they're, you know, desperate for bench production. But like, I mean, it, it's insane that Donovan Mitchell is one of the best offensive players in the league, um, an all-NBA player, and he can't get your team to 80 points. when like All-NBA first team for Dylan. Sorry, Nate. He, he's been the centerpiece of great NBA offenses. Like some of the great NBA offenses, he's been their best guy and he can't get to 80 points. It's, it's insane. The rest of the team is just not existent. Like in game two, Karis Levert came out and was scoring well. Um, but Ricky Rubio has just been an absolute non-factor. Remember last season before he got traded, he like was a big part of that team and he was supposed to come back and be that again this year. Jetty... I think he has a better chance of hitting a fan than when he shoots than hitting the basket. Like, it's it's been rough out there. And he's also their best shooter. Lamar Stevens was supposed to be a great defender. Brunson cooked him in the regular season. I kept saying, ah, once they get Allen back, because they didn't have Allen that game, you know, Lamar Stevens will be able to play. No, Lamar's completely out of the rotation. It feels like they're just getting outclassed, outworked. And really, to back to my initial point, Josh Hart, that trade was fantastic. I don't think we properly appreciated that. I kind of wanted Hart to go to somewhere where I thought he was going to make a bigger impact. And he's making this impact. He is making Donovan Mitchell work. He is putting pressure on the offensive boards. No one's boxing him out. He's like combining a, what P.J. Tucker does with actually providing some offense. I think we're just so focused on how stupid that was for the Blazers that we kind of got forgot to applaud the Knicks for that. Um, guys, I figured out what the Cavs have to do. We get the Knicks off the boards. Robin Lopez is on that bench. He's ready. He's ready for action. Put Robin uh, Lopez in. I mean, Robin Lopez post-ups probably have a higher offensive rating than what the Cavs are putting up now. Like, that post-up goes in, like, more often than not, which is, you know, more than what the Cavs have been able to achieve so far. It does sting with my, like, joke take. is like, kind of reasonable. <laughs> I, during the regular season, Mobley and Allen were averaging a combined 30 points. During the playoffs, they're averaging a combined 20 points. You want to know why they're not hitting 100 points per game? It's because those two guys are giving out like two-thirds of their normal little offensive in output. And Randall's been bad. Randall actually got benched during this last game. But Mobley does kind of struggle to score against him. He's really solid. And you see Mobley try to do a bunch of different hooks and fakes. And Randall just stays put and he doesn't get back down 
And it's it's been a rough matchup for those guys. I don't think we saw that coming. But if you're looking for teams that we were going to rule out of championship contention, both of these teams. I'll cross them both off the list. Yeah, sure. I was going to say that some of the best first round series are two teams that aren't going to win the title, just duking it out, going all 12 rounds. Randall hasn't shot the ball well at all. Um, just going back to that benching, he played 27 minutes. He had seven points, two boards, one assist. Just minus, excuse me, minus two. He shot three of 10. They got, they got a good game. RJ Barrett, like RJ Barrett kind of exists. He can, like he can score. He's got flashes. I honestly think him and DeAndre Hunter for the Hawks are like the same player of this supposed three and D wing that can play, make and create, but he doesn't actually really shoot threes that well. His defense isn't actually elite and his playmaking is like, man, I kind of wish you just give it to the guard. I think the biggest win here was Tibbs played Obi Toppin at the end of the game. Yeah. Holy shit. Like he went to him and kept him in. Like I feel like we've been waiting for the Obi Toppin experience for so long. Here he is. That's how you know he's desperate. He had to play a player under 25 years old in a playoff game. He keeps going down to the bench. Hey, Derek. Derek Rose, you ready? You want to go in? He's like, coach, I can't. He's like, come on. I thought we were ready. You're my best man. I need you. (laughs) Where the fuck is Taj Gibson when we need him? (laughs) You know if Taj Gibson is on this roster, he would be out there for 40 minutes. (laughs) I just can't believe that Taj Gibson is still in the league. I thought he was tethered to tips. There is another player that only played for one coach. I'm trying to remember. If you remember, let me know. But I just figured that if Taj Gibson was in the league. It's because he was playing for Tom Thibodeau. It's just his guy. I I legitimately think that the Knicks went to the Wizards over the offseason and said, hey, I need you to give Taj a contract. Like, we're going to give you cash under the table. <laughs> Keep him in the league. Just, we need him. No, no, no. We... We need him to be signed somewhere else. Like, He's available. <laughs> Tibbs, Tibbs, Tibbs will make us well. sign him. That's funny. I get it. <laughs> All right. Well, our other Eastern Conference series, we've got the Bucks down 2-1 with game four in Miami. They've been Giannis-less for the last two games. They did get one win in Milwaukee without Giannis, um, but they look bad. Miami is exploiting Lopez's drop coverage uh, and just running bam screens up at the top uh duncan robinson seemed revived out of nowhere when he got like 20 something points last game but it's all just screening whoever lopez is guarding or using whoever lopez should be defending as the screener to create some offense and they the bucks had to pull lopez which is not a good sign when you're already down Giannis. do you guys have any optimism for milwaukee or is it if Giannis doesn't come back they're done yeah, I think that's where I'm at. If Giannis doesn't come back, they're done. Because it's these aren't close losses. This is an ass-kicking. They lost by... <coughs> excuse me. They lost by 22 points. And, and, like, Duncan Robinson hit five threes. They revived Duncan Robinson. Like that's where the Bucks are at. That's a, that's not a good place to be at. I mean, it's it's 2-1. Head into uh, still in Miami for game four. And um, I don't feel great. I mean, this could, this could go seven. And I could see it in Miami's favor. I think if I had to bet, it still goes pretty far but even with Giannis it's not an automatic oh okay let's beat him let's go beat Atlanta real quick sorry Atlanta but they're just the bad team in the playoffs right now let's go beat the Timberwolves like a little pit stop that's a serious playoff team yeah I mean Gabe Vincent is giving Chris Middleton work on defense I mean that's the big thing for the Bucks is just that they've always struggled to create offense even with Giannis and now Giannis is out and you know Chris Middleton is like this dream second or third option and drew holiday who's like this great guy to have as your second or third because he plays such good defense and can kind of score like when those guys have to move up the picking order and also bobby porters has to move up the picking order then you have to play more jay crowder minutes and like more joe ingles like everything just down the entire roster just gets shifted down further into you know deeper piles of shit and it's really tough to just create offense for this team especially without Giannis and against a good defensive team with guys like Gabe Vincent and Bam just giving them work. And so I'm with you guys. Like if they can't get Giannis to just find someone to put the ball in the hoop, then it's not looking good for them. The Bucks already weren't a great offensive team to start. You make your second option, your first option, and, and things go to hell. I want to um, acknowledge that I will finally not have to respond to is Drew Holiday a Hall of Famer 
ever again, no one will ever ask me that question. And I'm free from the shackles of explaining why a two-time All-Star is not a Hall of Fame player. Even if he hypothetically got a Defensive Player of the Year, why that also doesn't really matter. But what if he wins another championship, Aaron? <laughs> I forget, I think I responded to someone. I was like, if he makes five first-team All-NBAs in the next five years, I will think about it. Like, how, how about a Finals MVP? Oh, what if he gets a Finals MVP? Very nice, very interesting. Just depends. Depends on the finals MVP. Yeah, not much to go over with this one. Uh, which are you guys feeling like talking about next? 76ers or sweep or the, the Celtics putting down the Hawks? Let's go over the, the Sixers sweep both in can they take out Boston and also Nets future because this gave you a sneak peek on what if a tanking team hit the playoffs and had to play a playoff series versus a contending team and it wasn't close at all. Um, the Sixers look good. I mean, the Sixers look good against a team that wasn't very good. Um, a team kind of in transition. But to get a win without Joel Embiid, it adds confidence to all those guys. Tobias Harris had a good playoff game. He, in Tobias Harris, in the absence of somebody else, stepped up. And that has never happened ever before. It's like the Joe Johnson effect, where if you needed 10 points, you're getting 20. If you needed 30 points, you're also getting 20. Like, sorry. For Tobias Harris, it's like, all right, we need you to step up. Here's 12 points. I'm good for 12 points. You need two points, here's 12. You need 50 points, here's 12. But he actually came through. And they're, they're going to need more of that because, you know, the biggest story of this isn't necessarily how good the Sixers looked, but the fact that Joel Embiid is hurt and is supposedly 50-50 to, you know, start the next series. I don't buy that. Harden's limping around too. They'll both be there. They'll be there, but Just... the fact that they're already banked up like they always are. Yeah. Don't be Are fine. you telling Don't... me you're not buying into Joel Embiid and James Harden being slightly injured? They're always slightly injured. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I think I think they'll be fine. I I know they didn't play Embiid in Game Four. I think they kind of did that, knowing that they could have more games. Like if it was two to one, or even even if they were down, I think Joel Embiid plays. Just the vibes I've been getting out of different. 76ers talking about it it's like yeah Embiid's hurt but not like a oh we don't know like like it just it doesn't seem that serious and I could be totally wrong about that but I, I expect them both to be in the starting lineup ready to go when they see Boston whenever Boston finishes out the series you think it's a bit of um gamesmanship Doc Rivers is like hey, hey maybe he'll play maybe he won't I think it's a little bit of that I think it's also maybe just buying him a little bit of extra rest just if he's not 100%, hey, why not stretch out this series where we can easily win? Like, okay, Brooklyn wins game four. Well, we take him in game five. I think I think it was a low risk to sit him just in case he, he needs it. I'll offer you guys a bet. Which, what will happen more? Minutes Joel Embiid spends on the ground during the Celtics series or P.J. Tucker points in the Celtics series? Mm, I don't think there's a way. I don't think they actually track how many minutes he spends on the ground. Unless I watch the game and time it and come back, to you guys, <laughs> which I'm not, I'm not against doing. <laughs> I mean, I mean, let's 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 do the math. Say he he falls over what like twenty times a game. Each one takes let's say eight seconds. If we say we're gonna go to, hang on, this math again too complicated. But I'm still taking the ground minutes. Take it, yeah, the ground was, minutes. All right. <laughs> I was gonna say, hey, like you could even just say how many times he hit the ground, like how many times he fall over. Yeah. Versus how many times does PJ Tucker even shoot? Like, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I mean, we're, we're probably getting like two two ground minutes a game from Embiid, and so is PJ Tucker going to score more than two points per game? I'd say probably. Like, like he'll he'll have a couple zeros, but then you might have like an eight, and then yeah, it balances out. I know out. Tatum's going to eat. Tatum's going to average thirty six a night because Tucker's going to guard him. It's going to be the hardest looking thirty six you've ever seen. But I don't. I think Tatum will shoot like fifty five percent. Do you want to know what PJ Tucker's averaging points per game in the playoffs? Is it Please. fewer than two? For context, during the regular season, PJ Tucker averaged three point five points per game, and it went down. This see, this is a perfect back <laughs> Two minutes of ground time. <laughs> what was it? What's he's averaging three minutes. He's averaging three points per game. I mentioned this before, but it didn't happen. But I got it started just to see. It was a fantasy basketball league where you got points for turning the ball over, fouling, getting ejected, technical fouls, all that kind of stuff. And you um you lost points for scoring and getting actually doing things. But you also got points for minutes played. So you couldn't just pick guys who didn't play. PJ Tucker was the best player on earth. 
who's Michael Jordan reincarnated. You couldn't beat that. You couldn't beat who's ever, who, uh, whose team had P.J. Tucker. I want to play in that fantasy league. <laughs> yeah. Dorian Finney-Smith, also a really good one. Um, ben Simmons was incredible for a stretch. He was mm. un- un- unbeatable for a bit there. Oh, my gosh. I feel like that's a, that's a league that you don't want to have 12 of teams in. This is like a, hey, we've got four people. We're going to have very small roster sizes. Can we talk about the Nets for a second? These are the Nets, the only Nets not under contract heading into next year. It's Seth Curry's, um, his eight and a half million is expiring. Cam Johnson, guessing the look to extend him. Um, Utah, is it Utah Watanabe, I believe? Yep. His, uh, his contract expiring and then three guys who just never played. Um, also, David Duke Jr., which is just a brutal, brutal name. Really, I don't feel bad for that guy. I feel bad for his dad. I know the first day, because yeah, because I guess David Duke was more, whatever. But they're looking at this, Mikhail Bridges is under contract, 20 million, 21, or 21 next year, then 23, 24, great deal. Yeah, one of the, one of the best value contracts in the NBA. Absolutely. But you're also stuck with these like really disgusting Spencer Dinwiddie for 20 million, Joe Harris for 20 million, Patty Mills, 6 million. Ben Simmons, 38 yeah, 30, million. $37 million and then $40 million next year. There's that tweet ben simmons had last year the quote saying it just hate i hate seeing my team get swept really want to be out there and then he's just not out there when teams he had a chance to be out there so he got swept again what do you guys feel about the direction of the nets it's going to be tough for them given that the nba is you know implementing new rules to punish good ownership so the nets are going to have to move off some of these guys um in order to just you know have team building options do we want to call the nets good ownership a frivolous ownership heavy pocketed ownership okay they were willing to spend on whatever it took to make the team better. That's that's your like fifty percent of your job as an owner. Yeah, they just didn't do it well. I mean, well, do like, we need to. They, they built a contender. That's, that's... a contender of idiots, but it was definitely a really talented <laughs> team. Do we need to go back and relive the DeAndre Jordan signing, it's or KD the let's it. get let's get rid of Jared Allen because? Katie and Kyrie want Jordan playing more. Like you could have just played him more. You didn't have to also give up Allen. KD and Kyrie were the owners. Is what we're mixing up is you were yeah. the, the heavy pocketed ownership. Can we touch really briefly? Anything else on Brooklyn or? Oh, I just I don't entirely know what they're going to do for their future because they still have a lot of their own picks going out. So it doesn't behoove them to get bad. But I don't entirely know how they get good. You know, they've got other teams' picks coming in. I think they've kind of come out and said, like, yeah, we have all of the role players in case another star becomes available. And I just don't know how that's that's going to work. Like, they don't have cap room to go sign another star. I guess they could give up a shit ton of picks. But I don't know. I think I think they're going to be a pretty middling franchise for the next couple of years. I'm talking like 35 wins. Thanks. Have we ever touched on the James Harden back to Houston rumors? Because it feels like every like on a random Wednesday, just every once in a while. It's just like, oh, Harden might go back to Houston. I'm like, who is who's asking this question? Is this on anyone's mind? Like James Harden and Ime Udoka teaming up in Houston. It's the rebuild. It's they're gonna get they're gonna get the second overall pick and traded for Bradley Beal and and Harden's gonna go back and Rockets are back in business. I, I don't. Is this purely lever leverage? Is this purely leverage to get a max contract from the Sixers, or is is he? Is he just going back to Houston? I don't know, but is Houston just secretly more popular than all of us know about? Because, like, Nick Nurse is now rumored to go to Houston. I think that's what you were alluding to. Not, not Masai, but Nick Nurse, right? Uh, e- e- May. Oh, yeah. I mean, e- everyone is. Uh, I'm yeah. sure Nick yeah. Nurse is there, there are, like, three coaching jobs available in the entire NBA. So, you know, every available coach is going to be rumored for every job. I mean, E. May and James Harden seem like a group that might get along. Yeah. Is James Harden really going to be that fussed if Ime gets a lap dance from his favorite stripper? Like, he's he's got no wife for him to sleep with, so... Could be problems, though, if they're they're fighting over the same stripper territory. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know the etiquette of, um, like, stripper territories. I am unversed as well, but we can, uh, we can leave it there. <laughs> In terms of the James Harden question. Celtics, Celtics, Atlanta. Atlanta stole a game. Very proud of them. They're playing right now. Current score is, drum roll... 35-25, Celtics up by 10 into the first. So not an unrecoverable lead, but not something that I think we expect them to. We've been very dismissive of Atlanta. 
because they look better without their best player on quote-unquote best player on the court i don't know didn't trey young just have like his first good playoff game in years yeah yeah but would you rather have i i feel like i i'm so much more interested in the Dejounte murray and those other guys building then yeah Dejounte is 11 in the first quarter he's good he's a really good player and he's not the worst defensive player in basketball atlanta's really gonna have to figure something out fast because they've got a lot of these guys that are good i mean i guess they're not to figure out that fast but they got next year and the following year a lot of these guys start being eligible for new contracts you got okongwu sadiq bay jalen johnson give him the next deal he's ready well so you Five got collins under years. a long-term contract <laughs> uh you got hunter under a pretty long-term contract i don't like either hunter or collins I'll just say it. I don't love Trey Young out there, and I I really like some of their bench guys. So I think they're going to have to make a few hard choices in the next few years. Maybe maybe this is who Brooklyn's talking about when they're like, if a star comes available, maybe they can uh, offer quite a a massive amount of picks for Trey Young and get him up to Brooklyn. Why do that though? Like, why would anyone want Trey Young? Problem. You, you can get a team, but Trey Young. They went to the conference finals and. Ran over some two team, the one team that wasn't very good, the Knicks, and one team that was just imploding in the Sixers. So there's evidence you can win playoff series with him, but I don't. It's like, do you want a forty percent usage guy that can't play defense and also has to have the ball in his hands all the time unless he isn't very effective? No, not really. Like I think that's not interested in building my team up that way. It's hard to build a team that wins. Like I'll it, give it just you one is. way not to do it, though. I mean, I, I can we can skip the the hard part and make sure. <laughs> Like it's hard to you know. Okay, but what way does Brooklyn win? It's what, hard to what shoot. Way do they it, win? It's hard to shoot a firearm, but it's easy not to shoot it into your own foot. Like you can make sure you're not doing that. You may not be hitting your target ahead of you, but at least don't point it down. Man, I'm just saying that young with the rest of Brooklyn's guys, and they're not going to be able to just get him without giving up some of those guys. But in a hypothetical, if they could keep all of their or guys, maybe move out Dinwiddie, you know, make contracts work. But if you keep Cam Johnson, Dodo, and Mikael Bridges, like that's a really good defensive wing core and, and Claxton there to hold up. Like that team might be able to play defense even without Colin or without Young. I'm just, just spitballing here. Trey Young for Ben Simmons, who says no. Atlanta. So fucking fast. <laughs> <laughs> Ben Simmons in a pick and Cam Johnson. I mean, it's it's got to be Ben Simmons and like all of the Suns picks. Two Suns picks, two Suns picks, and Cam Johnson. I would do that. Maybe, maybe um, that's the way that Ben Simmons overcomes his fear is going back to Atlanta and just like being immersed there, and finally like this boogeyman that's hanging over him becomes home and he's he's set free. Exposure therapy. He's gonna just be dunking on everyone again. Nate had texted me. Some just ridiculous concept about how, like, a Trey Young for Gobert swap. I think, I feel like Draymond was in there somewhere, and, like, everyone goes to Dallas at the end. I forget what the end of the story <laughs> is, <laughs> but it went something like that. <laughs> we were building the all-teammates-hate-you team, okay. basically. Kyrie resigns, and are you trade and trade Kyrie for Gobert or something? Or... Yeah, yeah, it wasn't like feasible, that. but it was just, like, a, a massive amount of talent that kind of underperforms and is hated yeah i don't know i don't have more takes on the hawks or nets other than if you merge the two of them you still don't get a contender i don't know i think if you merge them that's a pretty good team i found that the text thread i said can you think of any trey young suitors nate responds minnesota for rudy and i said wow eye for an eye and he responds real question is can we get them both to dallas and keep kyrie there <laughs> i said what are you trying to say luca trey kyrie gobert are you trying to kill mavs fans and you said baby <laughs> sounds about right well does anyone have any other playoff takes have we talked about every series i think that's it can we acknowledge the celtics are contenders and just be happy yeah i mean are they still your guys's favorites at this point i mean it's like point, the only team that's looking good yeah. in the entire nba <laughs> i had them winning a championship in my bracket over the Suns, which I don't love anymore. I don't hate it. It's not like a terrible take, but if I had to do it again, I would have a second chance. Yeah. I mean, my bracket's already ruined by the goddamn Knicks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm i already done. <laughs> I didn't think Randall would come back, but then he did, and it didn't matter, but they still they still are winning. I feel like I'm usually pretty knowledgeable about NBA things. Like, Also, picking the NBA series isn't supposed to be hard. The better team usually wins. 
But I think <laughs> I'm going to get like 50% of the series wrong at this point. I think I got all of them right, except for, I mean, I, I, let's just say the Kings win. No, I had Grizzlies over Lakers, but that was just not. I, I had Grizzlies over Lakers. I had, uh, I had Cavs over Knicks. I have Bucks over Heat, which right now I'm kind of not expecting that to happen, just with the mumness on Giannis. Uh, and, and I had Lakers losing to Memphis. So yeah, there's there's a couple of notable ones. I I'm feeling much better about Golden State now after they're them tying this up. But I was I was shaking there for a minute. Taking it back, game five. I don't I don't know if I'm going. I think you might be selling those tickets. But... Oh, you can't sell those tickets. You got to go. Would you sell those tickets for eight thousand dollars, Nate? Dude, the Taylor Swift tickets I have right now are going for like five hundred. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's it's in like would you? Like, I can pay my I might pay my car off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you guys unfollow Joe on Instagram? Who? What is that guy? Taylor's boyfriend, ex-boyfriend. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's 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 a niche reference. Is it a Taylor Swift reference? <laughs> it is. I, I don't I, know I what the Taylor Swift NBA crossover is, but I, I like I like Taylor Swift. I I consider myself knowledgeable of Taylor Swift uh, songs. Listened to a lot of Taylor Swift as a kid. You know, I think it's a good place to end it. My Aaron, where can people find you? Possible shares on TikTok for all your Taylor Swift related content yeah ask me taylor swift questions dylan running my secret taylor swift fan page and you can find me at the taylor swift concert in detroit on june 10th well, i'll be there it's also who, who's opening that night lady in red and oh, cool. i don't know <laughs> i feel like the is someone making you go to this is, like, <laughs> is your wife behind you a gun like with a gun up to your head like, i can't really what see do you think Darren? what do you it's think <laughs> it's dark behind you i don't what's going on uh no no one's making me go to this i'm going to my own <laughs> what, 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 free will you kick, will you kick the cranks out of people